Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everybody. Happy New Year. We're back. Happy New Year. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my fiance, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a great time off here. It's January 8th, 1999. Can you believe it? It's 19. We're going to party like it's 1999. We finally get to. <laughs> yeah. 1999. We've got... The whole world's going to end. When? Um, At midnight. Of 2000. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's so what people are saying. We got a year. <laughs> Nostradamus <laughs> said uh, 2000 or whatever. Did he? Yeah. I so, it, so, well, okay. I so thought that he, Nostradamus said it like was like in 90 something before. He didn't say anything. Oh. He, he didn't give a year. He wrote 14,000 uh, very vague quatrains and then people I- I- interpret it. They, they find one and they're like... That name, he said Hister. That kind of sounds like Hitler. That's what well, we're going to make that connection. <laughs> well, I just kind of remember like some people freaking out earlier in the decade about it. So I thought that it was supposed to be before. No. Mm. I don't, well, I don't, I don't Who knows? <laughs> That's what they say, though. They say 2000. But I don't know. I don't believe it. I don't believe that the world's going to end in 2000. Me either. If I did, what's the point of anything? Exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, make today count. Make okay, this episode of 90210 count. What you call it me? Count. Jack from Titanic, you know. Is that what he said? Yeah, make, make an everyday count, yeah. Yeah, he also said he used to uh, fish with his dad in a lake in Wisconsin, a lake that wasn't a man-made lake that wasn't made until after the Titanic sank. Oh, well. Making you know, it impossible. I bet you, I, I'm just willing to bet money that we've made the occasional like mistake in our own show. So no, I don't, I don't think, think that so. we can piss on other people. I think James Cameron <laughs> should be ashamed that he let that in. in uh, Shame. What turned out to be the biggest movie of 1997. Shame on you, James Cameron. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Uh, congratulations on your uh, Academy Award, though. Um, so anyway... This episode of, you know, Academy Awards don't always glitter, I guess. Okay. And that ties in the name of the episode is uh, all that glitters. Right. Oh, God. The stupidity of this episode. (laughs) 90210. Let's get at it. I feel like starting with the uh, namesake of the episode. Sure. I don't care. So... Apparently, the stupidest storyline in 90210 history. Apparently, Donna is a money grubbing whore. Like, I never would have pegged her. That's <laughs> what you used to say about Valerie. Yeah, I never would have thought that of Donna, but she has thoroughly disappointed me. Oh, gold digger. <laughs> so, Noah, her millionaire boyfriend, yeah. uh, gives her a beautiful bracelet. And- is it beautiful? Yes. It's fine. It's antique. I think it's pretty. And asks her to move in with him. So it's almost kind of like a proposal with a bracelet instead of a ring. Yeah. He asks to move in first and she's like, mm, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of soon. You know, he's like, hey, why don't you move in to your parents' fucking boat that I'm staying <laughs> with me? Uh, <laughs> did he ask first? I thought, I thought it was like. He asked first and she was like, I don't know or whatever. And he's like, well, take this, you know, or whatever. 
Or maybe, no, maybe he gave it to her first. Yeah. I don't know, because she tries to give it back. Yeah, and he's that's like, a, like, it felt like it was, she thought it was contingent on her answer. And she was like, I didn't know. He goes, I didn't ask for it back. Yeah. So he gives her this bracelet, and it's very glittery. And so, you know, she thinks it's like a diamond bracelet. Yeah. Um, and she has, she's talking with the other gold digger. Uh, Kelly. Kelly, who's... Um, and she's like, mm, "Oh, that's that bracelet looks so good. You should get it. You should get it appraised just for insurance purposes. It's L.A. You should get it insured. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I realize that that's an excuse to find out how much it's worth. But at the same time, if you have a super expensive thing, you should have it insured. I, I suppose. So I don't think it's that bad of a thing. Yeah, because of all the home invasions in Beverly Hills. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, she's walking down the street. Somebody could yank it off her wrist. I suppose." Um, they are, they're in such a white, secluded, like cloistered, rich area of, patrolled by well-funded police 24 hours a day. They have no idea. Yeah. Go walk down the city, the streets of Detroit, uh, Donna. Then you can insure your fucking bracelets. <laughs> um, but then Valerie sees them and she's like, oh, ladies, lunch? Why wasn't I invited? Like, come on. They hate you. Yeah, that's why. Get a grip. Um, and yet they hate her, but she manages to convince Donna to use the, her guy. Yeah, I know a guy, she says. To uh, get the thing appraised. Why would you not just take it to anyone else to get appraised? Why would know. you listen to Valerie? Yeah, seriously. Um. Now, like you, I, I thought that for sure Valerie was going to set it up mm-hmm. and say it was worthless because they're talking about how the worth of it is, you know, a true reflection of how a guy feels about you, which is dumb <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. A guy's love is only contingent about how much he how much he gives you. And like that's some real streetwalker uh, yeah. logic right there. And Donna said something like, well, what if he can't afford diamonds? You know, like she did try to, you know, go the mm-hmm. right way there. Um, but in the end, when she is told that it's worthless, it really gets under her skin because Valerie's like, well, now you know how much you mean to him. Yeah, exactly. Fucking millionaires. She, she like, the guy was like, hey, you know, either the, the guy knew it or the guy got ripped off or whatever, which he's, I, that would be my first thought. He's a, mo- like, he's, he's supposedly from one of, like, the richest families in the country. Right. Like, you say the name of the family and everyone knows because they're oil barons uh, destroying the planet. And, uh, and that's our hero. Uh-huh. And so my first thought would be, oh, he got he, he, he got duped. Yeah. Yeah, I, for I wouldn't sure. have thought, because why would he buy useless, yeah, or, or he wouldn't. worthless jewelry? You know? That would be like a regular person getting a ring out of like one of those little machines. A Cracker Jack box. Yeah, and being like, hey, here's a beautiful, you know, ring for you. <laughs> Let me appraise it. So, yeah, I don't think that he would anyway, even if he didn't care about her, he'd still give her real diamonds. So then later, he gives her a matching necklace. And she literally makes a face. Like, yeah. she's like, oh, my God, more of this. Yeah. It's like, seriously, Donna? Like, you're a bitch. And she's like, she's trying to be cool and everything. And she's like, because she's at the beach house later wearing it. Malibu Barbie beach house. Yeah. And Valerie's like, oh, he got you more worthless shit. Yeah. She's like, well, you want to uh, make sure that one's fake too? And she's like, I don't care or whatever. But uh, Valerie 
grabs the, like takes the necklace. Well, it fell off of like it fell out of the box that Donna was putting it in. Yeah. And Valerie steps on it to hide it and then scoops it up like a, a sneaky little bitch. And I was thinking like why is she stealing it? It's worthless. And I was thinking, "Oh, maybe she did pay that appraiser to say and so she's like stealing it. And I'm thinking like that's so dumb cuz she's going to know." Yeah. But apparently she went and had it appraised. It's also worthless. So she paid some right. guy to appraise it. Yeah, it's not like they do that shit for free. And then she brings it back and she's like, "Here's your fucking worthless junk." I had it appraised. It's also worthless. Like, first of all, they're a matching set, so why waste your time and money? Exactly. Of course, it's also quote unquote worthless. I'm sure that's what Donna was thinking. Like, fuck, I'm not. Why? Why pay the money to appraise it? I know. Yeah. It's, I know it's garbage. Um, but then she has the stupidity, gall, nerve. I'm really not sure what to call it. Mm-hmm. To while she's at dinner with Noah, say hey. I got this stuff insured or appraised, you know, mm. just for insurance purposes. Right. And, you know, it's not real. And I just want to make sure you know that. So, you know, in case you got taken advantage of. And he's like, yeah, I know they're fake. And she freaks out. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, what? But you and- said this is a reflection of what I mean to you. You fucking bastard. And he's like, yeah, it's not worthless. She, she, well, this, that's later. Cause she like, she, like he what walks away or something no, like that. I, I, I thought they had this conversation. I thought they continued this conversation in the houseboat. Did they? I think so. Oh, okay. I thought it was all at once. I think he leaves and like, um, he's all pissed off and everything, and he leaves and um, or no, maybe no. I guess you're right because I think she comes to apologize on the houseboat. Yeah, but I thought. I don't know. I thought he explained. I don't, who, who, no. Either way, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, matter because the, the point is that he does explain that the jewelry was the only thing his grandmother had when she came to this country and she was poor. Yeah, they had no money. She couldn't afford anything real. So she bought this stuff and then gave it to him and said, one day give this to the person you love. So he was giving it to Donna because she is that person. Which is why it's a reflection of how he feels about her. And now she feels like shit, but she should because she, I don't know if we're explaining it properly if you haven't seen the episode, but she really comes off very much like she cares Mm -hmm. about the money. And then she says to him, I didn't care that they were fake. And it's like, but you You did. did. If you didn't care, you wouldn't have even said anything. Yeah, it, it was really dumb. Like if she didn't care, then yeah, exactly. She wouldn't say anything. And, and then she tries to blame him. She's like, why didn't you tell me they were your grandmothers? And yeah. he was like, you said you didn't want to move in with me. I thought maybe this would be a little too much. Yeah, I didn't want to scare you off. Yeah. God. I, I, I was just so disappointed. She's usually the one I like. Well, yeah, she's usually the only one that's like a relatable character in any way. But this episode, she's a spoiled brat. Yeah, she shows some of that. I mean, they they were all born rich, so yeah. you know that's that's how it is. I guess except for, it's so weird because they were all born rich except for Brandon and Brenda. Yeah, but then they just became. Well, no, Valerie wasn't born rich either. Became, yeah, that's true. But then they just like became rich or whatever. I like because their dad had so much money, and now they get to live rent free in the house. I, they they never struggle for money in any way. Although Brenda's not there anymore, but. Yeah, well, I mean, Brenda's also, you know, married to a millionaire over in Europe. 
Are um, they married? They're just, I thought they were just together. Oh, I don't know. But she's with him, so yeah. she has money. Um, but yeah, his dad's just very successful. But yeah, I don't think they started out like millionaires or anything. Right. So, and Valerie is still kind of poor. She just somehow manages to be a hanger on to the people with the money. Yeah, like she's hanging on to David right now. I mean, eventually there will probably be that civil suit and she'll get some money. But They did the civil suit already. Oh, did she get money? They never tell us, do they? Yes. What the fuck? I don't they, remember at what all. What the fuck? We took two-week break and I'm, I'm just broken now. I don't remember anything. You're talking about the civil suit against Noah. Yeah. Yes, she was awarded like $10 million. Oh, so she has money now. Maybe. They never said whether that money was paid or not. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean. It's like, I don't, I don't know. We'll find out eventually if she gets the money. Uh, maybe. They never addressed it. They just dropped it. But And David's supposed to have some money, but now it's like he's poor again, too, and I don't really understand what's going on with that. Well, because he owes taxes. Like, what did she say? Like, 300 bucks? I thought that's what she said. But it couldn't have been. It had to be more than that. 3,000? But she said 300. Unless it was 300,000, then, you know, I mean, that would make sense, but... I guess. Yeah, That's insane. But he was like, I don't have that. Like, but you have millions of dollars and you just had this super... Why does he have millions of dollars? Doesn't he? No! (laughs) What the fuck? Okay, everybody, we're starting with episode one again. We're going back and watching it all. Carol doesn't remember anything anymore. Well, no, he was just, like, on the radio and stuff. I thought he had money. That Spanish fly I gave you must have fucking... <laughs> wrecked your brain. Goodness. <coughs> no, like, he has... He gets royalty checks from the the mute, the song he wrote from J- for Jasper's Law. But he was like, this last royalty check was, like, 900 and some dollars. Which is, you know, that's a decent paycheck. But, yeah, you're right. That's not millions. Okay. So no. he he's doing okay. I'm pretty sure he didn't he doesn't have millions. He has enough to get by. Yeah. But he's able to write songs and make money doing it. So that's that's good for him. Yeah, you think he'd be happier, but he's also a spoiled brat. Yeah. yeah he's a he's a dick in this episode. <laughs> yeah, cuz he for um, a while anyway. Valerie gets him a job on she tells him a film. Yeah, she's like you'd be writing music for a movie. And he's like, "Oh, cool. Like Danny Elfman." But Former then, lead singer of Oingo Boingo? Ooga yeah. Booga? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm pretty sure Oingo Boingo was the, uh, the, 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 the band that he was the lead singer of. Is Danny Elfman from like the 20s or something? Is this one of those grandpa things? <laughs> oh my God. We do a show covering <laughs> movies. Yeah. You don't know who Danny Elfman is? Have you ever seen a Tim Burton movie? Yeah. That he did the music for that movie. Okay, he's basically done. He's done, he does soundtracks now. He was the I the lead singer of Oingo Boingo in the nineteen eighties, and then Tim Burton was like, "Hey, write a song for this movie that uh, that this guy Paul Rubens wants me to direct, uh, based on a character he created called Pee Wee Herman, and I want you to do the music for that movie." And he did, and the music was a big thing. And then, like, Tim Burton fucking made Batman, and he was like, write the Batman theme for me and do the music for Batman, which he did, <laughs> and then became huge. Like, it's, he, he does, he works with other directors, too, but he's, he does, he's 
like there's John Williams and Danny Elfman, and that's basically it as far as really famous composers go for for uh, movies. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I apologize. I don't know things a lot of the time. <laughs> it happens. Anyway. So yeah, he thought he thought he was going to be um uh the next Danny Elfman or whatever. But instead when he shows up he finds out that he has he's being hired to write a jingle for a commercial. A deodorant commercial. Yeah. Armpit music, he calls it. Yeah. He's like, I don't fucking write armpit music. I'm better than this. I can't believe you, Valerie. You fucking bitch. Don't try to help me again. Yeah, like really, really nasty. I'm paraphrasing, but that's yeah. That's he didn't say bitch, but the rest of it's pretty close. Says. Yeah, like I was really disappointed in him. Um, but then he finds out it's like, that- oh, sorry, the great fucking uh, whatever his name is, David, <laughs> David Elfman, or right, David right. Silver. But then he finds out he owes three hundred dollars in taxes, apparently, and that changes his whole tune. <laughs> Time to sell out. <laughs> you owe three hundred dollars. <laughs> He's living in a fucking beach house. Oh my god! Which, by the way, was given to him by the studio that he was working for, and he no longer works for them. So but he why still is he has living it for in some this? Reason. Yeah, across the street from another famous musician who will never see again, apparently. Oh, goodness. He, he, does he own the bar now, or is that still Noah? No, Noah still owns it. Uh, maybe he should get the bar back. Yeah, something. I don't know. Cause, I mean, they want to make him a musician now. They want to make him a famous musician. Well, like, writing jingles is a good career, and I think he should just do that and, and be happy, but whatever. Do you think uh, Brian Austin Green is, like, actually a musician? I don't know that he's put put out any music, but do you think that they... You think that they wrote this in because he's also interested in music? I don't know. It's possible. I mean, like, he sings in the show. So. Hey, he's not good, but yeah. No, he's not bad, but he's not good. He's not like, I wouldn't buy his CD. No. So, I doubt it. I think he's just passable, so they take advantage of the fact that he has some skills. Okay. I, I agree. So... That's basically what's going on with them. Like, he, he sells out. Oh, he wrote her a song. He wrote Valerie a song to make up for the fact that, you a know. A beautiful, haunting melody. Yeah, that he, that he had uh, written Donna a song. And he writes all these versions of this deodorant song, and they don't like any of them. Yeah. And he's like, well, wait, I've got this one more thing, and it's, you know, it's really pretty music. Like, yes, that's it. That's, that's it. That's, that's the, the deodorant, deodorant commercial, yeah. So he sells Valerie's music. Isn't deodorant's music supposed to be like sporty and like you, you know, would think upbeat and stuff? You know, when you're sweating, then you need something to calm your tits. Oh my god! Maybe, um, maybe it's supposed to be like they're getting ready to have sex, so they're getting all like <laughs> all like nice smelling. That's and... what I think of when I think of uh, <laughs> I think of sexy time. I think of deodorant. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, it's bizarre. When you want to lay her down, <laughs> make sure that your armpit's not in her face. Oh, God. The phone. <laughs> the guy's just like on top of her. And she's like, oh. Dripping sweat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I want to make this commercial. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So they make up at the end of the episode because he takes the job she got him, but he also sells her 
music. And she's and like, she's never like, sell one of my songs again. Right. Because he's like, I'll write you another song or whatever. Like, like that's just the easiest thing in the world. I'll just write you another song. Yeah, about your vagina. <laughs> God. Um, what else do we have in this episode? We got Steve. Steve. And we got... Steven. Brandon and Kelly. Yeah. So, I don't know. What do you want to do? Let's go with Steven. So this is storyline. Another dumb one. So, Steve had pretended to be Greg, I believe. Yeah. To get with this girl. Yeah, that was... Yep. <laughs> Previously on <laughs> the 90210 show. And Brandon's whining because they got together. She knows it's Steve now. And she was supposed to spend one night and she's been living in their house for like a week. Yeah. And she starts redecorating St- Steven's room. She, yeah. she insists on calling him Steven. Like, I don't. If she's a stuck up bitch. Like, how did he not know that? I don't. I guess. Yeah, she might. Like, that's how she comes across, I suppose. Or at least, I mean, like, I don't know, like... She's high society. Yeah, douchey. Okay. I mean, uh, typically that's a guy phrase, but yeah, she's douchey. Yeah, even though it's a product for women. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so she does. She decorates his room. She puts his signed Shaq poster in his closet. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, everyone. He's like, wait, wait, where's Shaq? And she's like, calm down. He's in the closet. And he's like, okay, let's fuck now. Like... That's all they do. But it's actually Shaquille O'Neal hiding in the closet. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, Rusty. Go get it. Go get it, Steve. <laughs> oh, Lord. And then... Shaq likes to watch. <laughs> like, he's so happy at the beginning of the episode. He's like, we had sex four times last night. Mm-hmm. And uh, by, <laughs> by... Four full rounds, he says. <laughs> ah, to be young or a different age. <laughs> and, like, how do you get any sleep then? Anyway... Uh, towards the end he's complaining because mid bounce to quote him <laughs> yep. she gets off him and not in a good way no. to go relight a candle that went out yep that is a little fucked that is definitely <laughs> that's definitely weird um yeah you need those candles lady that's a problem um, she wants to, uh, well, maybe Steve's not using the deodorant, you know? Like, <laughs> right. The candles provide the uh, the masking sense. That's it. That's got to be it. Oh, my gosh. And she's so happy from all the sex that she wants to give him these wonderful gifts of, like, fucking uh, opera tickets yeah, and ballet, ballet tickets. and. There's no better aphrodisiac than watching the ballet. And he's pretending to be into this stuff. He's pretending to be someone he's not, which you should never, ever do. But he wants to break up with her. Yes. And apparently, he's never broken up with anyone ever. (laughs) Yeah. He He has always been broken up with. That is hilarious. Poor guy. I would say I, I have broken up with people before, but I would say I've probably been broken up with a lot more often. I would say it's probably like a two thirds to one third ratio. Uh, or so, and I think that's I think that's common for guys. I feel like guys hold on longer, mm-hmm. delude themselves a little more than women do. Women, I think women hold on. I think women know they want to break up with someone a, a decent amount of time before they actually do the breaking up. Mm-hmm. But I think that women come to the decision faster than guys do. Well, I was broken up with twice in high school. Uh-huh. And that's it. Wow. So. 
And then, uh, wow. And so you've broken up with everyone else that you dated before me. Yep. All 9,000 men you dated before <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to my nephew the other day, telling him stories, and he just goes, how many people have you dated? <laughs> like he was just so horrified. She hasn't dated 9,000 people. No, more like 8,000. Um, <laughs> no, no, not really. I thought you were going to be serious and say like eight. Well, probably eight. I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. talking about Steve now. Yes. So, yeah. So, he's going to break up with her. He's all hyped up to break up with her. And then she's like, he says, I don't want to go to the ballet. That's how he starts this. She's like, that. that's okay. You know, and she's like, is it because you forgot? And he's like, what? And he, she's like, do you just feel bad because you didn't get me a gift? And she gives him a gift. And she like, goes, you're present enough, Steve. Yeah. Which is weird because, like, he didn't say anything about a gift and she didn't say anything about a gift. So why would she assume that if he forgot that he actually knew that it's their one month anniversary? Yeah. What are they in middle school? So stupid. It's our one month anniversary, everyone. And the picture is a framed photograph of her. Yeah. That's what that's what she got for him. Who does that? That's weird. It's a very weird gift. It's not even a nude photo of her. No. Which would be better, I guess. Or even a glamour shot. Yeah. You know? I mean, glamour shots are cool. Yeah, go to the mall. But, like, I mean, I've given people, like, you know, the the wallet size pictures of me or whatever. Yeah, nude. No. Okay. But, like, I wouldn't do it as a gift. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's my school photo as a gift. <laughs> Happy birthday. Um, so, he can't do it. Yeah. He can't break up with her because it's their one month anniversary or whatever. Whatever. So then he's, he's trying to that the um vaguely Asian woman in, in the office, in, yeah. Works in their office. Not sure what ethnicity she is, but she's I don't know, some kind of mix. Um, don't you think? Or do you think she's like Hawaiian or, or what? I, I don't know. I haven't really put that much Filipino. thought into it. Like she's Filipino. She's pale. And she has dark hair, and she has Asian-looking eyes. So, <laughs> who knows? Anyway, so she uh, she's like rehearsing with him on how to break up with this girl. Yeah, and he, and then he's talking about like, oh no, she's talking about like, you know, you just need to find somebody. Uh, Not well, yet. Okay. Because she comes in the 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 whatever the one he's dating. Mm-hmm. Comes in and she's like, Steve, this is so hard to say, but I have to break up with you. So he still doesn't get to break up with her. She's she's like, we're just very different people. You don't like the ballet. You don't like uh, the opera. You don't like uh, me getting off of your cock to like campus. And he looks so like offended and he and he's arguing with her and he's like but i do like those things or i right. could like those things and it's like he's you, like fighting you wanted to stay in this relationship yeah you wanted to break up why are you arguing it doesn't it's, make any sense it's so weird but anyway so she leaves she's like i'm i'm, I'm out of here before brandon can lure me to the desert <laughs> so yeah exactly so then yeah the secretary lady like puts her hand on his hand. She's like, "You just aren't looking in the right places, or whatever." Yeah. Like, maybe you need somebody that that likes you for you. Yeah, she likes me for me. <laughs> and then he like looks at her like, "Oh." Mm. So I guess they're Does gonna hook up get now. It? I don't know. 
Because I was confused as to whether he got it or not. It seemed like it at first, the way he looked at her, but then he just like got up and walked away like nothing. Yeah, I don't know. So, we'll see. Apparently, she wants to have sex with him, though. It's weird. It is weird. It's weird to me that anyone wants to have sex with him. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, there's been absolutely no buildup. I mean, other than that she was spending some time helping him this episode, but in the past, she's been complaining about doing favors for him. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Maybe it's that weird power dynamic thing. Oh, yeah. Well, that that is... He is her boss. That is kind of inappropriate, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. She's going to... Now she's going to want a race. A very I, specific kind of race. I gave you a race, Steve. Now, now I should get a race. Um, so then finally we have Brandon and Kelly, and their storylines are connected in a way. They are. Sort oh, of. There's, there's are, yes. Yeah, I don't know what else is going on with him at all. Um, what else with who? Brandon, besides what's going on with Kelly. The newspaper. Okay. The newspaper dude. Sure. And that's somewhat connected to that story. Yeah. So Kelly has some kind of connection through the clinic with this autistic guy who was... He works there. Yeah. Okay. So he was working there in the evening. Yes. And his mom can no longer drive him because she got a job. She got some kind of job. In the evening. And so Kelly's like, well, I'll just, you know, he can work here during the day. It's no problem. Like, wouldn't that work? And her, his mom keeps being like, just stay out of it. Yeah. Can't do it. Just let it be. But Kelly never lets anything be or never stays out of anything. Nope. So she goes to their house and talks to the mom and like convinces her that, she you know. She goes to so many people's houses. Yeah. It's really She's weird. so intrusive. Um, and she's just like, I'll make sure nothing happens to him. I'll take care of him. I'll and, make a promise that I can't keep. Yeah. So, because mom, his mom's concerned that there will be too much activity, too many people, and and of course, that's exactly what happens. Like, there's too much going on, and he gets overwhelmed, and he makes a mistake. Mm-hmm. And then some bitch uh, <laughs> fucking nurse is, like, yelling at him about this mistake. Did you put this paper in this fucking folder? <laughs> you fucking asshole. And he's like, it was the it was full, and I didn't, the, the folder was full. I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, and so he runs out. And so Kelly's got to go, go like, fix it. And Kelly apologizes. She, she says to the nurse, she's like, it was my fault. And the nurse is like, whatever, fuck you. And um, so she says to the the mom, yeah, it was my fault. And she's like, no, it was partially my fault, too, because I let you convince me. Yeah. And she's right. Like, it should not have happened. Yeah. And yet, somehow, Kelly manages to further convince her to let things happen. Well, he wants to get his his own place. Yeah. He wants a job because he wants to get a place on his own. Also, uh, I should point out for eagle-eyed viewers that uh, this autistic child is played by uh, Brian Benben's son on the HBO sex comedy Dream On. Okay. It's, uh, I think his name is Jake or something, Jake Tupper. I don't know him. Well, that's not his real name. I don't know the show. You don't remember Dream On? I've never seen it. Oh, my God. We should watch Dream On. It's a story about a guy. I think he's like a ad executive or something like that. He works in some realm like that. Okay. But he was raised on television. So, and he was raised on like, I don't know, sex on television, I guess. Like, you see people kissing and stuff like that. So, he like romanticizes what love can or should be and like the the hook of the show is he interacts with these people he's like he's he's divorced 
And you know that the woman that's on um, that new show that just came out or came out last year or whatever uh, with Laura San Giacomo, Just Shoot Me? Uh-huh. You know the one that plays the, the former supermodel? Yeah. The tall one? Nina? No. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's his ex-wife on the show. Okay. So they're divorced and they have, and he has like, he dates and stuff like that. And they intersperse conversation with clips from old movies as if it's in his head. Like uh, something like, uh, come here, uh, you know, Brian Ben Ben or whatever the fuck his real, his name, his character's name is in the show. Come here, I'm going to, you know, give you the night of your life or whatever. And then they go to like a black and white clip of some comedy. And he's like, well, that's what the woman said, you know, <laughs> like something like that. Weird. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting show. <clears throat> so, yeah, so he's supposed to be 18 mm-hmm. and want, like you, Mark said, wants his own place. Right. Um, Brandon is working on a story. Brandon's working with, you don't remember this at all. I really Brandon's don't. Brandon's working with <laughs> a person that's won two Pulitzer Prizes or journalism, supposedly, uh, that works at something called, I don't know, The Nation Now or whatever. It's it's a USA Today stand-in. It's uh-huh. a big national paper that goes out of New York. And he works there. And the Los Angeles is trying to get a football team again. They had the Rams. They had the, they had the Raiders. And they have neither now because people in L.A. don't care about football, I guess. Uh, And so they're trying to get a football team back. So it ties into real life kind of. But they want the the taxpayers to fund part of the building of the stadium because supposedly it brings more commerce and everything to the area. That's the excuse because that's something that happens in real life. Sure. And he's like, I don't think the taxpayers should fund this because he's talking to this journalist and the journalist is like, yeah, that was clear from your article and stuff like that. I think this is a really good story for us to work on together. So he wants to work on the story. He's got a bunch of like inside sources and stuff. So he talks to Rosen and, and these other people kind of associated with the teams and everything. Um, and that's, that's kind of his part of the story is like this guy's super driven and ambitious and everything. And it causes a stupid rift in their relationship because Kelly's like, I see you. You're so disappointed in the life that you have now here. And you want to, you know, it, it's, it hurts our relationship. I have dreams of you settling down here and everything. And you have dreams of, you know, going off and doing all these wonderful things with your, because you love being a reporter so much. Mm-hmm. Good. Break up, please. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them together. I know. They're not good together at Mm-mm. all. They're much better by themselves. They fight all the time. Um, But so that gets interconnected because they're all out to dinner together. That gets interconnected with this kid because she's like, I think this would be a good story. Which again is like totally unprofessional to be like, hey, let, let me uh, just throw this kid's life in your reporter lap. Right. She does that all the time. Yeah, she does. And... So Brandon's like, oh, that's an interesting thing. And the other, the arrogant reporter's like, fuck that. I I'm, I don't do special interest pieces like this. Mm-hmm. And he manages to set something up, though, the guy. Because the one guy owns a hockey team or whatever, the LA Kings. So 
he's like, we can skate with the kings. You know, we're going to skate with the kings and then have a conversation, interview with this guy, talk about the, you know, his point of view on the building of the stadium and the funds and all this stuff. And this kid is a big hockey fan because his brother played hockey before his brother went off to college and moved out, which I assume is probably part of the motivation of why he wants his own place. He also wants to go into the wider world like the brother that he loves did. Um, so Brandon's like, hey, can the kid come? And he's like, yeah, sure, you know, the more the merrier. But what ends up happening is there's a cabinet-level person in the president's cabinet who is going to resign, and he's only going to tell this reporter the reason he's going to resign. So it's going to be a, an exclusive thing, and he's like, I got to fly to Washington, you know, and Brandon's like, well, what about our story? And he's like, I got to put that on the back burner for a while. We can't, we can't do that. And he's like, but the kid, like, you know, and he's like, I didn't think... The whole episode, they're like, this guy's such a fucking asshole, and this mm-hmm. guy's such a prick and stuff. And I'm thinking, like, he doesn't seem that much like a prick or anything. Yeah. He just seems like a regular, like, reporter guy. Like, he didn't seem like a complete asshole. No. But it's this part of the episode where he seems like an asshole. He's like, you want me to give up, like, one of the biggest stories of the year for some fucking, like, you know, special needs? I think he says retarded kid. He did say retarded, yeah. Um... And Brandon's like, yeah, I think that would be the right thing to do. And he was like, fuck you, Brandon. Like, I thought you were a real journalist. And he gets in the thing and leaves. And so then Brandon's stuck. But Brandon calls in a favor from some... The ice rink owner. Yeah, ice rink guy. And uh, they, they skate on the ice. Together. But not with the LA Kings. So the kid should still have been a lot more disappointed than he was. Yeah. And that was the whole thing as the mom's all like, he's been so disappointed so many times. And, mm-hmm. and yet she still lets Kelly get him excited to be disappointed again. Yep. Um, but he's happy to be out on the ice. He gets to ride on the Zamboni too. Yeah. And uh, turns into a job for the kid. Yeah. The kid's working there now. So. Renting out skates. And he gets to skate for free. Good for him. So, it, you know, all happy came together like, you know, fucking TV. Uh, in reality, you know, it wouldn't work out so happy. Fuck no. And Kelly... That kid would probably, like, cry and throw a tantrum. Right. And Kelly um, would be, you know, I don't know, not getting praised. She'd be like, fuck you, you're a terrible person because she fucks everything up. But it all works out for her. Yeah, exactly. Like, she shouldn't be bringing the kid into... Brandon stuff. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't be forcing her way into people's homes. I just don't like her. No, I know. I agree. But that is where the episode ends. It's kind of a nothing episode. I guess Steve breaks up with um, Steve breaks up with that girl, but that's the only like kind of long lasting thing that happens in the episode. Everything yeah. else is, um, you know, just like a self-contained thing. Yep. But anyway, tell the people uh, where they can go. So you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Mm-hmm. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yep. And share the tapes with your friends. Right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.